0: this week's episode is sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence Network. This network will help you stop scaling your business in chaos and get you back to building your legacy by restoring your confidence, your systems, and your strategy that will honor your God-given talents. You can find more information at www.jasminehaley.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I am looking forward to having this discussion with you. This is really important, something that kind of goes over the head of most entrepreneurs. And so we're going to be talking about how and why market research is important for your next offer. You know, one of the key things that I have found throughout my own journey is the importance of slowing down for a bit and being more strategic and doing market research will definitely get you there. Especially if you're not in a place where you can waste any more time, money, or any energy in your business. Market research really helps you to call in the right type of clients, the right type of people that you know that you can serve. So enjoy this episode. I cannot wait to hear what your thoughts are. And if you find that this episode is something that it has been valuable to you, feel free to share with a friend or even leave us a podcast review because that allows other individuals to be able to hear what we share through my trainings or with the guests that we bring who spend their valuable time with us imparting their amazing knowledge. All right, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. All right. Welcome. My name is Jasmine Haley. I am a nationally awarded speaker, podcaster, pro educator. I'm an author and a business growth strategist. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs who are currently burnt out, overworked and underpaid streamline their focus so they can increase their impact, income and influence. And so today, what I'll be talking about is why market research is necessary when building your offer. You know, a lot of times as business owners, we tend to get overwhelmed with the day to day in our business. We get to a place where we're just like, man, can I take some action? Right. <laughs> there are certainly times like that I felt in my business like, why can't I just hurry up, take action, put it out there, and let's go and find out? Yes, certainly there are parts of our business where we need to do that. Um, It is important that we take some sort of action because you could get into a situation where you are dealing with shiny object syndrome, where you're easily distracted, or you're in a place where you're paralyzed from fear or not certain of what step to take next in your business. But there is strategy that is essential for any business owner to have when they are considering building out and bringing new offers into their business and market research is one of those important strategies that i think is necessary for any business owner now full transparency when i started my business five years ago Was I doing what I needed to do as far as market research? The answer to that is absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not. I was not doing that at all. Okay. And it was just like, man, what's the deal, right? What is the deal? Well, the deal was I didn't have any business acumen. The deal was is that I was a heart-centered entrepreneur just wanting to make an impact and not really doing what I needed to do in order to get it to that next level. So when you're trying to get next level, when you're trying to not waste the hours on end and thousands of dollars that um, could potentially be wasted by not taking the time to do strategic moves or techniques or necessary overview that you have to make in your business, you could potentially cost yourself thousands of dollars and hours of time. And we already know that if you're already overworked or overwhelmed or burnt out in your business, you don't have any additional time. You don't have any time to waste. In fact, you want to make sure that what you put out there is valuable and can be profitable for you, so that potentially you can hire more team members, you can hire the software that you need, you could get the time off, you can pay your team members, you can do all the things you need to do necessary for your business that requires you to be profitable. So there's four common types of market research that's out there. You have surveys, you have interviews, you have focus groups, and just customer observation. For most of us, if we're putting out a new offer and you are fully aware of the ideal client that you are working with, it's so valuable to go ahead and do some interviews, do a survey, do a focus group. I've used all of these four different common methods for market research, and they've all proved valuable to me. And they've all proved valuable for me to avoid wasting money on things that, I just could not at that point in time do, or even now in my business, even though it's flourishing and it's doing well and I'm growing and I'm growing in my team and I'm growing in, in the people that I'm able to help, time is money, right? And money is also very valuable. and I, And I want to make sure that it's being placed where it can be placed so it can have its greatest impact. So again, the four most common types of market research will be your surveys, interviews, focus groups, and, and customer observation or client observation. So the next question would be, well, which one do I choose? Well, the answer to that is choose whatever works for you. That's what the answer is. Choose what works for you. If you know that you do best with handing someone a survey you don't have to think about, you'll check and look at the data later, then that's the method you choose. Or if you want to get up close and personal with your ideal client of who you want to work with and you want to do interviews or focus groups, that's what you do. But there's no right or wrong answer with this. It's just a matter of getting some sort of semblance of understanding who is it that you're serving. And when you take a deep dive into the problem that you're solving, the solution that you're providing and into the needs of your customers and clients, you will find that you will have less frustration in your business as you're growing and you're scaling it. And so again, there's different methods in which you can do it. And I'll explain some of the reasons why I've chosen these different methods. So when I went about with the survey, I wasn't quite serving that client at that time. I didn't really know them too, too well. I didn't really know where they hung out. So I created a survey and I started kind of perusing and, and finding where my ideal client may be. And I would provide that survey and I sent it out and I was able to gather in data and review that data and look at these questions that I asked, which were all open-ended to see, how is it that I can serve? Are my clients somewhere, some shape inside of this survey? And they were. When I chose the route of interviews and focus group, I really wanted to have pre-scheduled or pre-developed questions prior to our market um, research conversation, but I wanted to also Give the opportunity for anyone that happened to be in that interview or focus group that they had the opportunity to work with me after there was an incentive that I provided so that after I kind of went through the process of asking them what their thoughts were, where were their struggles, what were their thoughts about this new product that I was creating, I was able to go to those same 60 individuals and say, hey, thank you so much for your time. Here's a gift. And the gift was the actual offer that i created and you'll have access to this for 30 days and if you decide to you are welcome to stay on board and stay along with my um program so that was great too because in the process of us having conversation i was actually able to ask follow-up questions i was actually able to get deeper because i knew the direction i wanted to go but also wanted to get their thoughts about the direction i was headed And that's something that you can't get from a survey or just observing someone. You need to be able to pull that information from another survey, right? Or another observation. Whereas if you're live with someone in an interview or focus group, you can ask them right then and there and get their real time answer and response to the information that you're sharing. Market research seems scary for some people. Most people will say, well, you know, you don't need to have this full analysis. But if you are a legacy scaler, which I hope that you are, and you're looking to have the greatest impact within your own life and in your business, and you're trying to work in a way where you're working smarter and not harder, then finding a way in which you can do the market research is important. And so simple ways such as just sharing it on your Facebook group, sharing it within your email list sharing it within other networks where it's allowable, sharing it even on your personal page, you know, your IG personal or your personal on your Facebook, all of those are opportunities that potentially your clients could be, or even asking those, hey, do you know someone who has dealt with X, Y, and Z problem? Would you be willing to share the survey with them? I am currently, you know, taking the survey and finding out X, Y, and Z. And always there's always opportunity for you to leverage the network that you have around you in order to get that market research and to get that information now here's how you're going to use the market research and this is this is what's really awesome about getting the market research prior to actually building out an offer and doing so um, in a very strategic way so when i am doing a survey What's really great is that when someone is putting in that information for that market research question, I have it documented, like it's not going anywhere. And if I'm doing an interview or a focus group, I'm going to get permission from the people that are coming to that interview or focus group to record that because I want something that I can actually go back to, I can transcribe, I can actually utilize in multiple ways. Now, here's where the market research plays a great role for you as you're building out your offer. When you know that you have ideal clients that are in that actual uh, market research, you can pull the actual words that they say, the very words that they say, and use that for your copy, for your newsletter, for your marketing argument copy, for your sales pages. What you want is that when people look at your page, when they read your ads, when they read your newsletter, you want them to say, oh my gosh, is she talking to me? Does she, did, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. A minute. Does, how does she get in my head? I don't know if you've ever seen an actual um, ad of any sort or read a newsletter and or read a caption in a social media page and you said, oh my gosh, they sound like, they, they they actually sound like me. Like, how does she know me so well? And a lot of those people who are putting out that amazing copy are those newsletters or ads that actually are speaking to you are using the actual words from their ideal clients why and how why it's important that your client sees you as the authority that has the solution for the problem they have number two you need to use language that they're familiar with and that's where market research comes into play Sometimes coming off the top of your head, uh, off the rip of your head is not in alignment with what, what your customers or your clients need. What may be in alignment with them is directly coming out of their mouth, which is why market research is so powerful. It is so powerful because you could utilize that information that you have gotten from them and repurpose it in so many different ways as you're building out. Your offers, and as you're calling in your ideal clients. And let me tell you, guessing is going to cost you money, right? It's also going to lead you down the road, possibly, God forbid, that you've done all of this work and thinking this is what your clients or your customer needs. You've done everything, right? You've made the course, you put all the bells and whistles on it. And then you put it out there into the world, and then you hear crickets. Crickets can go on for days, weeks, months, years on end, all right? Because you haven't done the due diligence to find out whether or not your particular offer is what your people want. And this is why it's so imperative, even after you've done this market research, and again, as a quick recap, the common types of market research that are out there are your surveys, your interviews, your focus groups, and any client observation. After you've done that, once you're ready to put forth an offer, you should still do a beta round of it, right? A test round. Or as as you can see in some shows, there's a pilot show, right? They're testing the waters. They're testing to see what the feedback is from the people that they're serving before they even put out a show, don't you think that the shows that are out there, they're actually going to put out some surveys, right? They're going to get a feel out of what people want because our business is beyond just ourselves. It's about solving a problem and solving the actual pain point and being the painkiller to the pain problem that your client is dealing with. But a lot of us, unfortunately, as we're growing and scaling our businesses, we're in such a rush. We're in a rush because either we've waited too long, we waited to the last minute, or we're in a rush because we have been in a situation where you are at your last pivotal moment, right? Your last moment where you've got to make this work. It's do or die, right? So we want to get to that place of that do or die moment, right? If you happen to be in that do or die moment, I would suggest that you need to get some coaching and consulting to help you in that process, okay? (laughs) Um, And not kind of wing it and do the trial and error thing. But if you're not, plan accordingly, all right? I am going to talk a little bit about some best practices when it comes to this, because, you know, for some of us that are like researchers and for some of us that are, you know, the type A personalities that you kind of want to check everything off and you just want to say, OK, I've done everything right. I've gotten 100 people to reply back. This is where I need to be. My suggestion is this. When you're putting out your market research before your offer, you don't need a thousand replies from people. You don't need to have all of these responses to know for sure whether or not this is something that's going to be viable for you. In fact, bottom line, I would say if I get at least 30 responses, right? 15 to 30 responses in like a written survey, I'm pretty I'm doing pretty good. I feel like I'll I can I can start with something. I can start with something. And then if it's something like a focus group, if it is something like an interview, I like to do around 10 people. I think 10 is good, 10 is enough, right? Because um, that gives you the opportunity that everyone will have an opportunity to share what their thoughts are. Everyone will ha- be in a place where they could have their input and it won't get out of hand. Like it's not something that if you have 30 people that you won't be able to control and manage And be able to facilitate a discussion as necessary so i normally say 10 is a max if you're really nervous about doing anything beyond like around with 10 people start with five and break them up into different cohorts so you have like meeting number a five people meeting number b would be the next five people Um, For me, I can handle 10. I've been in education. I've had classes of 30. So I'm good with facilitating a conversation with a group of 10. But I typically would advise to keep it not, uh, don't go beyond that, because I like to keep the conversation around an hour, you definitely want to be mindful and respectful of the time of the people who are taking their time to actually come in to your interview or your focus group. So again, for a survey, I try to get at least 15 to 30 good responses. And then I will sift through those responses and actually highlight and look at these are the actual people that I can work with, right? These are my ideal clients. What are the words that they're using right now to describe their problem? What are the words right now that they are describing to say this is the solution like this is what exactly i'm looking for right and a lot of times what we have to realize is that when we're creating these offers what we think is best for them right isn't currently what they feel is their major pain point it may not always be that way so a lot of times you may say well i know this is their problem this is what I need to do for them, right? Because I know that I've already lived this experience, right? And I know what the solution is and I know how to get them to that next level. But that may not be what they want. That may not be what they desire. So if you're speaking in a language that they can identify with, they're going to move on to the next person. They will move on to the next person. Which is why really dialing in to what the problem is for your client, and and even considering this, because you know we're talking about new offers here. Now this is not just for people who are new in business. I'm talking to people who are already six figure owners, right? Those are the clients I work with. I work with people who are at the near or at six-figure mark, and they're looking to scale and grow their business. They're looking to double down and grow their business further. That means that you possibly have clients that you've worked with, right? You possibly have had clients that you can look back to right now, and you can say, I loved working with them. I absolutely loved our time together. So here we are. We're in a situation right now where you have this this client who you love working together, who you would love to have once again, right in 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 your world, what do you need to do? Reach out to them. <laughs> Reach out to them and ask them pertinent questions that are related to the offer that you're thinking about creating. Ask them where they were before they started with you. What problem did they have? What are some of the things that they didn't even realize that you covered in your program and you've been able to help support them? All of those things are so important and are so wonderful to ask someone that is an ideal client. So there's an advantage you have as someone that's already been in business for some time to be able to help support your next level and building out your next offer by getting it from the words of the people that you truly love serving. Because the whole point of everything that we're doing is to call in that right client, to call in the client you love working with, to call in the client that you can help provide a transformation for. That is what market research does for you. And so before you head in down the road to getting your next offer created, I want you to just stop for a second and think, have I confirmed that this is something that my people, my community wants? And if you have not done that, use the four common types that I talked with you prior to about, right? We have our surveys, We have our interviews, we have our focus groups, and we have our customer observation or client observation options when we do market research. And you can go ahead, reach out to your clients that you love working with. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you don't have not one client you've enjoyed working with, (laughs) because that is a possibility. Well, that means that you may need to head down the road of using a survey and sharing it generically open to just anyone, right? And specifically state who it is that you want to respond, but it'll be a public, more of a public forum that you would be sharing your market research for. But if you happen to have ideal clients that you love, that you would love to have more of them, feel free to reach out to them get those interviews in place and utilize that to help you with your next offer and to make sure that you're creating something that they desire. All right, y'all, I appreciate you for listening to my conversation on why market research is necessary in building your offer. I cannot wait to see you all at my next podcast recording. However, if you know that you have questions in regards to this, if you know that you're ready to get to that next level within your own business, I'm here for you. That's what I'm here for. So feel free to DM me on IG, reply back to any email. Myself or my team member will be there to answer. We're here to help you get to a place where you can scale your business and establish your legacy. thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.